Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Precious. No, that doesn't sound like it. It's not right. Okay. No, it sounds great. Sounds perfect. Thanks. Should I just do the whole show like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Noted. The whole show. The whole show. Okay. The whole thing? You told me. You told me to do it. I predict it will last for approximately 60 seconds. Girl, I aspire for 60 seconds. Coming up on today's show, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has a release date, Death Stranding 2 is presumably leaked, and Britney's got a funny voice. everybody and welcome to another episode of the what's good games podcast your source for video game news commentary analysis and funny stuff every friday <laughs> i'm andrea renee joined by my wonderful co-host Brittany brombacher <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing i'm just I don't know what Gollum sounds like. It's far too long. I was actually smelling this peanut butter whiskey called Scatterbrain. It oh. smells really good. Nice. Um, Is it like the Skirball peanut butter whiskey? I don't know. Mm, I would say it's better. Oh, oh okay. It's, very, it's much more peanut buttery, which I do appreciate. Interesting. Well, it makes me feel like I'm getting some protein with my whiskey. You know I, what I mean? I like that. I like the idea of getting some nutrients with the alcohol. It makes me feel slightly better about it. Uh, not yeah. that I felt bad about it to begin with, but just so everybody knows, um, don't feel bad about it. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Whether it's your first episode or your 277th episode, we're glad that you are here to discuss the latest and greatest in the world of video games with us. Thank you to our Patreon producers this month, Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Farah Satia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goddard, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Donnie Darkos and Cassidy Shubat. We are glad that you are joining us and supporting us at patreon.com slash what's good games. It's a great place to connect with other members of our community and of course you can get wonderful perks like getting the show ad free Brittany, there's also other ways for people to support our show if they don't have a couple dollars to throw our way and it's by leaving a review like these fine folks we have two consoles too late and what i appreciate about this <laughs> name is that the twos are number two so it looks like an artist's name you know if i were to delve into the world of music perhaps that would be my artist name two consoles too late and then we have Neo Simkin left us very kind reviews and we just like Andrew saying, you know, we say it every week. It means a lot to us, especially, you know, right now when, you know, the world's kind of on fire and lives are kind of hectic. It just makes us feel warm and fuzzy and sometimes is really that push that we need to keep going, you know. So thank you very much. Absolutely. It is greatly appreciated. And today's show is also brought to you by Xavier and the Geeked Podcast, but we'll talk more about them in just a little bit. As Brittany mentioned, there is a lot going on in the world, and 
in case you didn't see, and I have a hard time believing that you didn't, um, there was some really awful news that came out of Texas this week with the mass school shooting where way too many children, in fact, zero <laughs> is the number that I would like to see, um, were brutally murdered in their schools. And we want to send our biggest condolences to the families and the community in Texas that is dealing with this absolutely horrific tragedy. Sometimes when stuff like this happens, it's hard to really process like what to do. What to mm -hmm. say? Do I go on my social media accounts and just go about my day? Do I just escape completely and, and not interact with other people? Do I try to help in any way that I can? And, you know, we're <clears throat> here to just remind you that it's okay if you don't know how to feel. And it's okay for you to cope with something like this in the best way that you know how. And there's no right or wrong way for you to go about your day because, quite frankly... This is happening so often, a lot of us don't know what to do to, to keep going. And so we want to let you guys know that we're here for you if you ever want to reach out to us. And we hope that our show gives you a moment of levity in an otherwise sometimes very anxiety-filled world out there. And obviously, Britt and I are parents of young kids now that are going to eventually go to school. And it's pretty fucking terrifying if I'm being completely honest with you guys. I was thinking about how... When I was in elementary school or was it middle school, we had to practice what were called lockdown drills because, you know, school shootings were a thing back then, too. And I'm not going to get into it, but it's just absolutely heartbreaking that we find ourselves in the same position, if not in a worse position than we were when I was in school. And uh, yeah, just want to echo what Andrea said is, you know, deal with things the way that you want to, with ways that make you feel good in a healthy way. And, you know, it was even hard to even think about doing the show this week, honestly. That news really rocked me. And uh, but it was that thing of like, you know, it it keeps my mind going. It makes me feel like maybe I can help brighten someone else's day. I know our show does bring a lot of joy to people, which is a very heartwarming and humbling thing. And so, um, again, like, you know, we're talking about those reviews earlier. It really does sometimes give me the literal motivation to get on this, <laughs> get behind the mic and start talking about games. Like I said, when the world's on fire. So. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, I think. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we obviously are going to do the show. We're going to talk about video games, and hopefully um, that will be a good escape for y'all. But if you want to get involved, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are pushing, and I agree with, is to call your local representatives, ask them to change their gun laws, ask them to change laws about subsidizing and helping people get access to the mental health care that they need and for us as a society hopefully to embrace the idea that mental health is important may after all is mental health awareness month everybody in case you missed it so maybe take a moment to check in with yourself and say how am i doing today and what could i do in my life to better take care of me and my own mental health so just going to leave you with that nugget and i'm going to pivot to a moment where somebody thought of me and my mental health. And that person is Brittany Brombacher. Brittany, oh. let me go to a full screen here. 
Brittany sent me this Christmas stocking, everybody. Um, if you are listening on podcast, this is a Christmas stocking from Animal Crossing. It has one Tom Nook on it. It's got a bunch of cute little villagers on the back with the little trees that you shake on your island and the ornaments drop. Now, you may be wondering to yourself, but Andrea... It's Memorial Day weekend. It's the summer is nigh. What is a Christmas stocking doing being sent to you? And I would say, listen, being a parent is tough. Sometimes you forget about deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I'll own up to it. This Christmas stocking has literally been on my bar in my house since beginning of December, first week of December. And every fucking day since then, I look at it <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, I got to send that off. Um, I will have you know, Andrea, that the contents inside the stocking are fresh. They are new. Oh, they, good. Um, Thank you. Are, they have not been sitting in there for six months. Uh, but yeah, like deadlines are tough. <laughs> That's, but this is what I love about good friends is they get it. Andrea yeah. gets it. She knows I love her. She's like, whatever. It's the, fact that, you, it's the fact that you sent it. Um, and for anybody who has been a longtime <laughs> fan of the show, you'll understand immediately why it's amazing that she sent me a bag of all pink Starbursts. It's literally just a bag of the pink starburst, you guys. I did not know that this was a thing that existed. <laughs> and the internet promptly told me, Andrea, yes, it is. You can just get a bag of the pink ones. Um, so that is going to keep my sugar rush going. I'm going to have to hide it from my husband because he also likes starburst. Um, she also sent me a very sweet um, card that my baby promptly started eating um, because she likes chewing on everything. Um, and then, because Brittany is a bit of a sadist, um, she sent me the jalapeno pepper flavored vodka mini that she took during our anniversary stream. Yeah, don't worry. That's not the same one. Oh, I, I'm actually disappointed that it's not. It oh, would have really? been the closest I would have come to you oh. in the last whatever two and a you half years you could have licked it and it would have been um, like we were kissing but she also did send two of my favorite things tequila and whiskey a little maker's mark to remind me of her and of course some some don julio i do love when minis are truly like the miniature version of the actual shape me of the bottle too. yes it's fun and like the maker's it, mark commitment to putting the wax on the mini is oh. is next level yeah, i appreciate it i know i mean there's much better whiskey out there but i was like makers i am makers and makers yeah. is me no. Um, so thank you, Brittany, for sending this wonderful Christmas stocking. I will cherish it forever. Okay, I'm so happy. I'm so happy it's found your home finally after six months. Almost. <laughs> you're, you're like, thank God it's off my fucking countertop. Oh, girl, there's literally like <laughs> dust under the couch. I was like, oh, shit, it has been a while. <laughs> it's been too long. Um, all right, shall we talk about some news? There's not really a ton of like super big punchy stories that have broke before we started recording the podcast. So maybe something really interesting is going to happen. But we're in that period right now, everybody, where it's kind of the calm before the storm. Mm. We have IGN summer days of gaming. Is that what it's called? Um, and then Jeff Keighley's summer game fest, both on the horizon happening in just a couple of weeks. And then we also have the um, summer game fest live live stream that's happening in partnership with uh, Dave the Devs. And then there's also the Xbox Showcase, which is coming up on June 12th that has been announced, the Xbox slash Bethesda Showcase, I should say. And 
we've got just a bunch of stuff in the pipeline. So I think what's going to happen is after this week, we're going to start to get some some good trickles of news coming in in a de facto E3. Brittany, what are we going to call this coverage? Because we can't call it E3, right? We can't. Like, we can't do it. We can't call it that. So every time I've been referencing E3, I do quotes, not E3. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that doesn't work because then it's still E3 in the title. I don't fucking know. We talked about this last week. I remember I can't come up with a good name. <laughs> I criticized Keeley for his name and then I fucking called it the same thing he called it. So like, hey. Well, but what you know. I do want to briefly mention is we are on Breaking News Watch because any day, today or tomorrow, we're going to be getting a Final Fantasy IX animated series first look. Mm. If it hasn't happened today, it's going to happen tomorrow. So if I suddenly fart and shit and barf <laughs> at the same time, if you hear a conglomeration of noises coming from my microphone, if bodily fluids splatter my mic in a very gross, nasty way, it's because it's been announced. And I apologize. I'm probably going to freak out. Um, but other than that, like Andrea said, like, yeah, there's just there's not a lot. I'm like, OK, we can talk about Gollum. We can talk about what the fuck do we talk about? It's got a release date, everybody. Uh, Well, let's talk about probably the biggest news of the week so far, which is that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which got leaked and then confirmed. And then they had like a big splashy artwork display on some shipping containers outside Los Angeles this week. If you guys missed that, Um, finally has a release date. No surprise. It's in the fall. It's in October, though. Typically, they are the first Tuesday of November. That has been Call of Duty's release date for a very long time. But no, they're going with October 28th, just mere Mm -hmm. days earlier than their normal release date this year. (laughs) Uh, Platforms have yet to be detailed. That, to me, is the interesting part because it signals Uh potentially that they are making the shift exclusively to the current generation of consoles meaning xbox series x and s and playstation 5 and maybe saying goodbye to ps4 and xbox one which you know it's not i don't think that's a terrible decision they still have warzone which is wildly popular on those platforms and we know from the previous modern warfare that it is very graphically intense the animations were gorgeous and beautiful and it just requires a lot of oomph in order to run (laughs) so maybe that's going to be part of the announcement who could say so yeah i mean if i had to take a a little break guess here let's just like you know start throwing some shit out there we don't have the magic eight ball with us yet it's all good um you know maybe the campaign will be next gen only and this new war zone iteration whatever the hell it is will be the thing that's kind of multi-platform who could say i don't really know much about this war zone shenaniganry because it's not like the thing I follow, but apparently it's supposed to be a cool, a cool thing with groundbreaking innovations, air quotes around oh. that. Well, but, well, well. But you know, I'm actually really excited about Modern Warfare 2. I really enjoyed that campaign. I really liked the characters of that campaign. I liked how they took the Call of Duty 4 story and kind of revamped it and made it into its own thing. And I really liked, I think her name was Fair. Was it Farah? She was uh, one of the main characters in that. Um, in that game and I just thought she had a really fun story and she was just a really strong character who I really enjoyed um but you know it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the second one because then you're going to kind of have the whole team back you're going to have soap you're going to have price you're going to have gas you're going to have all of the the boys are back in town you know what I mean so it's going to be fun to see where they're going with that but I don't know if this has been confirmed but the rumor is that it's going to be <clears throat> tackling special forces fighting Colombian drug cartels so Mm. Hey. hey, I mean, whatever. 
whatever. <laughs> you know, you play you play the campaigns for a very specific reason. It's to get a very big rush, which is why I was so surprised that I got so attached to the Modern Warfare 2019 remake because I really like the characters with that. And I really liked Black Ops Cold War where you played as Bell because you got to customize your character. You kind of had your little hideout you'd go to at the end of every mission. Unfortunately, Vanguard, though, didn't really do much for me. I played what I played because Alexa, you know... We love Alexa. She wrote on it and I just, you know, I wanted to support my friend and I loved like reading her section or playing her sections of the game. But from a gameplay perspective, it just didn't really hold me. So um, I'm with you. I, I think we talked about it on the show several times leading up to the launch of that game that my concern, much like yours, was that I wasn't going to be grabbed by going back to World War II once again, even though they were telling interesting stories and doing it from a unique perspective because they had to figure out a way to change up the formula, it still is a time period that I am like, you know what? It's an important time. Some really big things happen around the world, but it has been done to death. And I just don't need to keep going back there. You know, quite frankly, it's a really big bubber town of a time to keep going back to. (laughs) It was pretty terrible, that war. Um, And we're you know, beyond that now. And we have other types of things happening in the world that I think would be way more interesting for them to explore, you know, which I think is interesting about what they're doing with the reboot of Modern Warfare 2 um, Mm -hmm. is really kind of taking a look at some other parts of the world and other inspiration for a more modern conflicts and saying, how can we kind of make a really popcorn action movie type spin on this to make it a really fun video game, which Call of Duty obviously has been very successful at doing. How do you feel about the titling of these, though? Because you have Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 2, was it the remaster, re- whatever. I think it was Modern Warfare 2. And now you have Modern Warfare 2019, and then you're going to have Modern Warfare 2 2022. It's confusing as hell. It It is. Um, I'm not going to say it's not. I think that they clearly just want to capitalize on trademarks and copyrights that they already own. Why not? <clears throat> um, I think it also kind of reminds players who've been with the franchise for a long time that this is, you know, like a spiritual reboot that they'll see obviously familiar faces, which we've seen already in the reveal this week, but that it's going to be feel and be different. And that I think is enticing to a lot of people. I had tweeted when this originally got leaked that it was going to be Modern Warfare 2 coming out this year that you know, I kind of cheekily suggested that the original Modern Warfare 2 is potentially the best Call of Duty ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, up for debate, obviously. And there was a really nice debate in my Twitter mentions from people making pitches for which game they thought was their favorite. So I'm definitely excited to see more um, and would like to play more. And I have no doubt that Activision will uh, make that happen. So we will keep our eyes peeled, everybody. Um, speaking of games that were leaked. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's interesting about this is that I just assumed that this was this was being made, but apparently some people on the internet th- think that this is huge news. Everybody, Death Stranding Two <laughs> is allegedly leaked by the one and only Norman Reedus, um, and Hideo Kojima uh, playfully has rebuked Norman Reedus according to an update from IGN. So according to the original story, uh, Norman Reedus was doing an interview, and in this interview. He said, it took me maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything. It takes a lot of work. And then the game came out and it won all these awards and it was a huge thing. So we just started part two of that. 
just like casually like, <laughs> you know, I'm working on part two now. And of course, everyone was like, excuse me? Excuse me, what? What did you say? <laughs> um, so that to me is, you know, actors, I think, actors have a tendency to sometimes let that stuff slip. Oh, hap- I feel like it happens all the time. Yeah, it you does. Know, it's just, people just, it's like, it, I think they just don't understand the intricate little details of the video game industry, the little workings, the, the how how it operates. You know, obviously, yeah. like you said, like this is not surprising that this is a thing that's being worked on. Uh, but the fact that he confirmed it, everyone's panties are all now tight and twisted. Like, yes. Okay. So, so Kojima-san tweeted that. Um, <laughs> so he responded, of course, because how could how could he not? The internet was like, oh my god, we have to like no. Uh, so in a tweet, um, Kojima took on the role of an angry parent, saying, "Go to your private room, my friend." With private room referring to the rest area from Death Stranding, it all appears to be in good fun. With Kojima adding that thumbs up and love eyes emoji alongside a handful of images of the pair, including a somewhat threatening one of himself holding the infamous bat from The Walking Dead. Uh, Lucille, uh, Kojima hasn't yet acknowledged the apparent new game himself, but it feels increasingly certain to happen at this point. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. if Norman leaked that they're working on part two, uh, they're working on it. Obviously, that game did really well. It was very popular. Why would Sony not make another one? Also, why would Sony just like not want to keep working with Kojima? Oh, yeah. <laughs> lock, lock him down. Give him his own little <laughs> private room. Keep him there. Feed him three meals a day. Just let him keep pumping out content for you. No, don't do that. That sounds very unhealthy. <laughs> but I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reading this, um, and it says in 2019, Kojima said, Wow, when did this game come out? Was it 2019? Uh, that sounds right. Wow. It's just back in 2019. That just feels like forever ago. Anyway. It was, um, Ko- it was forever ago. <laughs> Kojima said that if he made a sequel, he'd start from zero. So I think that's kind of interesting because, like, yeah, I, I kind of hope he starts from zero. I know some folks really enjoyed that Death Stranding soup of whatever the fuck, walking simulator, mountain simulator, bait, I don't know what the hell. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, it definitely just was not for me. And so I'm kind of hoping that they do, well, they are making the sequel. It's something a little bit more, oh, I don't know what to call it. I can't say, I can't say typical or I can't say whatever, because then people are going to think I'm trying to squash innovation and that's not it. Whatever, I mean, Kojima, I, I don't understand your brain. Just go on with your bad self. I'm going to take a <laughs> sip of whiskey. Fuck it. Make your weird wobbly game. Weird wobbly game. Um, wait. Next time you take a sip, I'll um, I'll crack. Oh, this, you're gonna do it. I'll crack okay. this bad boy. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait though. I'm gonna hold it. Um, all right, everybody. Let's uh, let's keep going with the news, shall we? <gasps> <laughs> but before we do that, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by these wonderful sponsors. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Geeked Podcast. The Geeked Podcast is your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theater nerd, and lover of all fictional villains. Each week, they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. We're talking worlds like Stranger Things, The Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, and many more. You also get to hear some of your favorite actors and creatives talk about fun behind-the-scenes tidbits and, of course, what they are geeking out about. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone who is scouring Twitter threads and fan wikis dying to theorize and talk about that new show they are obsessed with. Interviews include actor Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things 4 
Emmy Raver Lampman, who plays Allison Hargreaves in Umbrella Academy, podcast host and cultural critic Rose Domu, and many more. Interviews include breakout stars from Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy, as well as cultural critics and professional geeks you know and love. New episodes of the Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow the Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And shout out to Terry Schwartz, who works over at Geeked. Love oh, you, Terry. Terry. Lovely human. She is. She's just wonderful. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Zavi. This week, we are teaming up with Zavi, the home of pop culture goodies that you can buy from the comfort of your couch. Now, whether you're looking to buy music or DVDs, consoles, Blu-rays, including steelbooks and other electronic items, you can be sure that Zavi has a huge selection to choose from. You can check out their new collections like the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, or maybe you're more of a Star Wars fan. That's right. Celebration is just around the corner. They've got exclusive products to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the franchise, along with the upcoming line of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I can't wait for that. Or you can get your witch and wizard vibes on with the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness collection launching soon. And of course, they've got the lowdown. The latest issue of Zavi's free digital monthly magazine is all about things pop culture and is also now available. It's your go-to place for things film, TV, gaming, featuring exclusive interviews about the biggest titles and features that take a deeper look behind beloved classics. In this month's edition, they go behind the scenes on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the upcoming Star Wars show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Pixar's Lightyear, horror movie Dash Cam, and much more. If you're a Zavi Red Carpet member, you'll receive a bumper edition featuring exclusive artwork, bonus articles, and more special offers on the site. One of the cool things that Zavi sent me here that I wanted to show you guys because you guys know I'm such a big Animal Crossing fan mm-hmm. are these really adorable little Animal Crossing figurines. So I have woefully few Animal Crossing things here on set. Obviously, I now have my little um, yes. stocking that Brittany sent me. But what I think is really cool about these is that they're just these adorable little figurines and the ones that I have. um, So I was just holding up actually one of the specialty characters, um, Etoile. What? Etoile? Etoile? It's French. I don't know how to say it. Um, But she's super cute. She's actually on my island right now. And I wanted to just show how cute and adorable these little figurines are. And they each come with their own little stand. And I can now have them on set with me. So I can always be reminded of the amazing times that I had in Animal Crossing New Horizons. And maybe more times to come. Maybe I'm just going to razz my entire island to the ground and start over. Who could say? But there's all kinds of cute little characters that they have. And Animal Crossing, of course, is just one of many video game franchises that you can find at Zavi. So if you guys want to get your hands on some fun gear, go to Zavi.com and check out all of their latest products and releases and use code WGG to get 20% off clothing or 10% off other items on the site. That's Z-A-V-V-I.com and use code WGG to get 20% off clothing and 10% off other fun stuff to fill out your nerdy collections. Exclusions may apply. Brittany, I think... (sighs) I think I should try this... This vodka. I think you should. I really think you should. You know, I know you talked about putting it in a Bloody Mary, but I think you should just raw dog it. 
I want to feel, by the way, I have some pink Starburst chasers. <laughs> what a combination. <laughs> it, it, listen, you know, I'm not going to eat them and drink them together because I think that would be not delicious. Actually, it might not be terrible. And you know, you hey, you won't know unless you try it. You live once, baby girl. Because like a spicy a mango margarita is delicious. Yeah, and you have those lovely pink starbursts <laughs> right there at your disposal. I mean, it's it's going to be great. So before I try this Vail jalapeno pepper flavored vodka, distilled five times, everybody, what do you remember it tasting like? Uh, cucumbers. Cucumbers. Listen, I was already like four minis in at this point. Okay. So who's to say that my recollection is correct? Fair. You know, yeah, but I'm really excited for your um, real-time descriptions. So how about in true What's Good Games fashion, we'll do this in reverse, where you start reading the next story, and then I will take a sip of this and try to quietly contain (laughs) (laughs) the feelings that I'm feeling, much like Brittany does on a regular basis, where she's just like... But then says nothing, and I don't discover that she's made these really funny faces until I edit the show afterwards. We're like, what's happening with Brittany? Oh, yeah. All right. That sounds good. <clears throat> All right. Let's do this. Okay. Our next story, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has me all sorts of hot bothered. I am so fucking incredibly excited because it is happening. Cyber Group Studios is presenting Final Fantasy IX's animated series. <laughs> Brittany, that shit's terrible. <laughs> And she popped the Starburst in her mouth. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I, so how I got a Starburst? I got a whiff of the jalapeno as soon as I tilted it back into my mouth. I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be terrible." Oh, that's what she said. Um, but how is it with the pink Starburst? Oh, she's she's calculating her thoughts right now. Sorry for like. the ASMR, everybody. I mean, trying no, to fine. talk while a gummy Starburst is in my mouth. Um, the juicy, delectable flavor of the Starburst, Starburst has completely washed the tequila oh, away. Good. This is a smart okay. chaser. Chaser, much like a pickleback mm. when you're chasing a shot of whiskey. Mm. Okay, continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love you. Okay, <clears throat> anyway, Final Fantasy IX's animated series is being shown off, ladies and gentlemen, this week. This fucking week. It's a damn shame that at the time of this recording, it has not been shown off. Because like I said earlier, I know all of you want to hear me lose my bodily fluids. Um, But it sounds like that might not be happening unless this happens in the next 40 minutes or so. But here's the story from Anime News Network. Paris-based cyber group studios vice president of international licensing and marketing, Bruno Danzel Dumont, told Animation Business Magazine that the studio will present the animated series based on Square Enix's Final Fantasy IX for the first time at the Licensing Expo in Las Vegas. The event will take place from May 24th until May 26th. Paris-based Cybergroup Studios has signed a co-development and co-production deal with Square Enix to create an animated series for 8 to 13-year-olds. Cybergroup Studios CEO Pierre Sisman previously stated that the company aimed to begin production by the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. The company has not finalized the project's number or length of episodes, so they're handling the worldwide distribution, licensing merchandise, etc., etc. It's happening. Final Fantasy da, IX da, da, da. fans. Yes, rejoice. We are finally getting our bone thrown to us. I feel like every collaboration 
every partnership, Final Fantasy IX is typically left out or thought of as an afterthought. And it's a damn shame because it is it is the best Final Fantasy IX ever made. You can fight me. I'll take you on. I'll win. I'm confident in that. Okay. Um, <coughs> but what's been really interesting about this is that this was revealed in June of last year, but neither Square, like neither Square Enix or just until now Cyber Group has confirmed its existence. So it's just interesting that I don't know why Square Enix hasn't mentioned this. I feel like, you know, this is the thing you'd want to like excitedly promote, even if it was so far off, just to say like, hey, it's coming eventually. Maybe it's a year from now. I don't know. I would have appreciated it. But hey, maybe it's just me. Now, Andrea, I'm trying to remember the T for teen rating on a video game. What age is that? Is that 13? Um, I think so. I think it is. 13 and up. Content is generally suitable. May contain violence, suggestive themes, crude humor, minimal blood, simulated gambling, and or frequent use of strong language. Ooh, see, there we go. Because I'm thinking about Final Fantasy IX, and that was a T for T game. It is a T for T game. And I think it was the subtle, suggestive hints of sexual innuendos, the language... You know, whatever. Like, it's fine. These are just a bunch of horny teenagers. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that they're making an 8 to 13-year-old age range. And that's okay. Like, I keep forgetting that I am now a 34-year-old woman and I am no longer the 13-year-old teenager that played this game when it first released. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, because at the time it felt so kind of, like, racy in a sense. It was yeah. like, ooh, look at these, like, innuendos and all the swearing and all, like – these kids totally want to bang. Like, I'm sure those weren't the exact thoughts going through my head. But now I'm like, make a Final Fantasy IX like, show for adults. And I'm like, oh, no, that would be so weird in so many different ways. So regardless, I'm just excited. We're getting thrown this bone, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening. We're getting some Final Fantasy IX content. And I hope this just kind of feeds into my ultimate goal of a Final Fantasy IX remake, Andrea Renee. Uh-huh. I want what's best for you to live your best life. I need this. This is absolutely required for me to live my best life. This is a necessity. It's on the list that needs a little check next to it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I just wish it had already come out so I could talk about it, which means it's going to come out tomorrow. So by the time this comes out, it's, it's, it's sorry, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I, can't, I can't react. It's okay. You'll get it next week. Yeah. I promise you that. It'll be great. Whenever, oh. whenever it happens, I think everybody will be waited with waiting with bated breath to see. Does it live yeah. up to Britney's expectations? I mean, I don't know if anything can live up to my expectations for anything Final Fantasy IX related. I mean, we don't know anything about it. We don't know what it's going to be about. We don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, I don't know, but that's okay. It's going to be a big old surprise. It's going to be like a woohoo! Here it is, sticking it in. Okay, that, that, that's weird. Well, we have a question from Valerie Freeman who wrote in and asks, Final Fantasy IX is my wife's favorite game. I'm so excited for her. I haven't played the game myself. Does the target age of 8 to 13 seem like it fits the story or should it have been directed at an older audience? Ah, uh, see, and this is what I'm talking about. But I think the thing with Final Fantasy IX that I try to remember is when I played it for the first time, I was 13. And I instantly fell in love with it. Like, it was just, it's still, like, my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. And I was 13. I had no idea of what the world was like and, you know, themes of, like, death and mourning and sacrifice and the feelings of belonging. And a lot of those are themes that are very heavily dived into in Final Fantasy IX. And it wasn't until I replayed it just, gosh, a few months ago, I think it was, 
that I just had this newfound appreciation for the game because it spoke to me on a much deeper level than it did when I was a child. So I think I think the age range is fine. And Andrew, you can you can attest to this as a as a parent who watches Disney with your kid all the time. You know, Disney movies are fun, but there's also some like adults things in there that the kids don't quite pick up on. Yes. You know, I, so quite frequently, yeah. Yeah, and so even if this is targeted towards children, there could be a lot of fun little like, you know, elbow pokes and jabs or whatnot that the adults are like, haha, I get that reference. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be fine. I think it'll be a-okay. And even if they just stick to the main story, which I don't know if they will. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I, I have no idea what the fuck they're going to do. But you look at the characters, too. You have little Vivi, who I think is eight. Eiko, who I think is like five or six like they're, they're just little kids so the age yeah. range makes sense you can't do anything too weird with kids that young you know in, in terms of like story and character no. there are some older characters Amarant, Freya, Steiner, Beatrix who I think you know kind of have a lot of fun exploring some of those more adult themes with them but yeah I think it'll hopefully it'll just be a fun feel good refreshing thing to watch but they're without your kids yeah I think that you know it's like anything that falls into that middle like middle school range when it comes to is it for kids is it not is just completely up to the style of parenting mm-hmm. what you've exposed to your kids at that point right so yeah man we will uh have to wait and see we'll check oh. in with you don't forget to follow brit at blonde nerd on twitter i'm sure whatever first reaction will will happen first in the privacy of her home where she can clean up after herself and then <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be a bunch of Oz and garbage. It'll be, it'll be nothing coherent. It'll Sorry, be great. Yes. It'll be wonderful. Um, in case you missed it, the Lord of the Rings Gollum, who Brittany was attempting to impersonate at the beginning of the yes. episode, now has a release date of September 1st for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. A Nintendo Switch version will be released sometime later in 2022. So I want to be excited about this game, but I'm just not going to be real. Yeah. Um, I That's was trying to find a, a trailer. I hands-off preview with it. Recently, oh, did 20 they? Minutes. And they did, and I was reading about it because I love you and I want to be involved in your world. Oh, thank um, you. I appreciate that. And, you know, their title is The Lord of the Rings Golem is Looking Less Than Precious. Well, <laughs> that explains it all. <laughs> so the, the, the main takeaway from it is that this is a stealth game where you want, you want to avoid fights at all, at all costs. So yeah. stealth and climbing is kind of going to be your main gameplay mechanic there. You can do stealth takedowns, but you have, you know, a stamina bar. So if your stamina bar is depleted, you're not, you're going to fail the takedown. If you get caught or busted, it's kind of like a game over. Yeah. But the other complaint was that there's no unlockable skills throughout it. So you pretty much start the game like, with your golem as OP as he's going to be. And so the, there's worry about progression. There's worry about some of the level choices and it just doesn't look so pretty in certain areas, but right. You know, it was just 20 minutes and it's hard to really judge a title based off of that. So, uh, but this is 100% not my game. Not only would I get nightmares just from golem itself, but a stealth game where you have to avoid combat. At, oh God. I yeah. I, I appreciate games that have stealth components, obviously mm-hmm. giant fan of Assassin's Creed, but there's many times when I just choose to go in guns blazing forced stealth in a game tends to make me leave a game like pretty quickly if I can only if I only can stealth it. That's like the only way to 
to get around. I'm like, I ain't got patience. I just want to keep going. So, um, but yeah, I want to be more excited for this. I'm just, I'm just not. And I think it's probably because Gollum as a character to me is just such a, like not an interesting character from when set in the context of however, how, how many other interesting characters there are, are in the universe of the Tolkien existence. Like everything within the Lord of the Rings, like universe, um, including the stuff that we're going to see um, in the Amazon series that's coming, which is, you know, really interesting. I just think that there's just so many more stories I would rather have. Like where is Legolas's standalone game? Mm. I think everybody would rather play. That's the Legend uh, of Zelda. Uh, well, Okay, hold <clears throat> hold the phone for just a second. Listen, I love you, Brittany. I really do. Hey. I love that you love Zelda and Link and, you know, Tingle and everybody else uh, in that world. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you don't love Tingle. Um, yeah. There is no comparing the de facto best archer probably in all fictional literature. That's right. I said it. To Link. Like Legolas and Link are not are not even not even close to being comparable. Like I just I cannot even entertain that argument. <laughs> Can Legolas turn back time with an ocarina, Andrea? Can he wear iron boots? <laughs> yes he can. Can he manipulate <laughs> Yes. Oh. Like, I literally know nothing about this guy except for whenever I see him in the movies. I'm like, oh, it's like Link. That's cool. And that's <sighs> well, it. That's all I got. If you have a touch point in order to get you to watch The Lord of the Rings because it reminds you of Link, I'll allow that. Sure. That's fine. That's totally cool. But, man. Ooh. It's just, let's say, the nicest way I can say it is your comparison is reductive and it is... Not befitting to someone of Legolas's almost godlike stature. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had more energy, I would definitely like take you more to task, but I don't. Um, I know. I would love to go in. I mean, I would love that. But we yeah, can I'm make also it. With you, you know what? Like, let's just make it a standalone like talk one time. We'll record okay. it. It'll be fun. We'll live stream it maybe and be like, hey, listen, let's talk about. <laughs> why Legolas is better than Link. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. We honestly don't have any more news. This is like the slowest news week. We did want to mention, even though we <laughs> aren't going to delve deep into the conversation, about the milestone that happened in the video games industry this week when Raven Software became the first studio to vote to have a union. And this is a pretty big deal because unions have been a much-talked-about thing in the video games industry. There are lots of pros and cons to having unions, but I think it's generally agreed upon by people who are the workers in the video game industry that unions would be good for a lot of people. In fact, they'd be good for almost everybody. And it's good to see that there are leaders out there like Reggie Fisame, who gave an interview saying that he also thinks that unions are good if the workers of the video game industry want them like then the people in charge the powers that be should be listening to what their workers want and i agree like mm -hmm. why don't you make your employees happy turns out happy employees are more productive everybody yeah and it turns out you don't have all the answers 
you're not the smartest person in the room all the time. Sometimes someone will have a better a better thought than you, a better answer, a better solution. And it's okay to listen to them. It does not make you less of a human. It makes you a bigger human. And it's also okay to put people before profits. Obviously, companies oh. need to be profitable in order to keep paying people. But people need to be happy and taken care of if they want, if you want them to keep putting out the best product. It just it feels like it's not fucking rocket science to take no, care of people. Andrea, just people. Give them benefits. Anyway. Give them time off. Give them access to health care. You know? This is why, as a species, we're doomed to fail. That's all I'm going <laughs> to... We're doomed. Like, we're never going to make it off this rock because we're too fucking stupid and too up our own goddamn asses and too mm-hmm. concerned about this currency called money to care about the actual people and making sure that the people survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Just about taking <clears throat> taking things and having all the things, and then once you have all the things, not sharing all the things. Stop being yeah. like that. Share. Enjoy your lonely, sad life asses yeah don't be sad and lonely give <sighs> things to other people too uh, that felt kind of good yeah yes it did Brittany. Yeah. huh turns out you've been playing a new video game oh my god i know i stepped away from elden ring for a little bit i'm still playing some rune factory 5 because i'm trying to marry and bang someone but that's kind of like my treadmill game right now so yeah. i am playing andrea a third-person tactical shooter stealth video game. Wow. I never would have predicted that you would have played this game. When you told me this is what you're playing, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I know. So I am talking about Sniper Elite 5. So first of all, thank you to the fine, lovely, gorgeous folks at Tinsley PR for hooking me and Jason up with a pre-release review code. So this game is out May 26th. So it's already out if you're listening to this the day the show releases for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and all the Xbox series, 18 consoles that fall into that umbrella. Um, And it's developed and published by Rebellion Developments. So... My only experience with the Sniper Elite series is Jason plays them. Like, whenever we play a game, he's always the sniper. He always likes to be the one with the accuracy. Y'all know me. I'm the face tank shotgunner. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, well, cool. And actually, the I've watched him play. And I'm like, okay, that looks fun, whatever. He just played Sniper Elite 4 maybe, like, a few months ago. So it was very recent. Um, and this game is coming out on Game Pass. So... The day that I got my review code, actually that morning, I read the article about it coming to Game Pass and I sent it to him. And I'm like, oh, hey, you'll be excited about this. And he's like, oh, I'm so excited. And then I got the uh, review uh, key distribution email. And there was a sentence in there, Andrea, that piqued my interest. And that sentence was, co-op play is available through the entire campaign as usual. And I did not know. I didn't know that co-op campaign was in this series. So I was like, okay, like that could be kind of fun. Like I like playing games outside of my usual genres if it's something I can do co-op because that way it's kind of a fun learning experience with another person but anyway so this game takes place in the events around D-Day and you are Carl Fairburn who is in the U.S. Rangers and basically there's the the evil Nazis have an evil weapon and it is up to you to stop the evil weapon and stop the evil operation the story itself is like nothing majorly home to write about you know, we were just talking about this <laughs> earlier in the episode. Whatever. Like, this game isn't, this series isn't successful because of its story. At least I don't think it is. It's successful because of the gameplay. And so the game itself features eight co op missions, and we've completed four. And I think each mission we're spending about an hour and a half. So if you want to mainline through this game, you're looking at about 12 hours. If you want to spend time doing all the side stuff, you're looking about closer to 20 hours of gameplay. So there's like a lot there. 
And I am having so much fun with this game. Like, I did not. Oh, I like it. I know. Every night, I asked Jason, like, are you excited to go in and, like, play some more Sniper Elite? And he's like, hell yeah, because I'm finally playing something that he really likes. Um, and what I really love about it is besides, like, the gameplay, like, I think sniping in a video game is, is it's kind of a fun mechanic because it requires accuracy. And that's something I'm usually really bad at. But it's fun when you have the ability to fail. And what I mean by that is, you know, the sniping in a lot of this game, you're in a safe location. So even if you miss, like, they're not going to come and, like, get you. So you can keep missing. And you're just getting better with time, Andrew. It's like projects makes perfect. But not only that, the levels themselves, I think, are what keeps me really engaged. So they've been captured using photogrammetry. And they're beautiful. They remind me a lot of almost Hitman levels to a degree. They're not as... Yeah, they're not like as in depth, but I would say they're mostly along the same line. So, you know, maybe you'll be in a coastal city, maybe you'll be in a factory in a huge sprawling field. It's not when I think of shooters, I always think of like more linear, you know, kind of gearsy, Call of Duty y, but this is not that at all. These are very, very large sandboxes, if that's the word we're still using in this day and age. Um, locations that are just so different and there's so much detail in them that I just love wandering and exploring. And it's not like the combat is 24 seven. It's really not. I mean, it's sniper elite. So there obviously there's some self involved, but in your loadout, you also have a silenced pistol. You have a, um, something that's semi-automatic and you can just kind of wander around. And it makes, it makes me feel like I'm back in Europe. Like when you'd go, like I would go on a cruise, you know, we used to love cruising back in the day and they would drop you off at these random little European towns and it gives me that same, like, warm and fuzzy. You never know what you're going to see when you turn that corner. Is it going to be a little cafe? Is it going to be, you know, like a, a historical statue? Obviously, in this game, you know, there's no people around. It's just, unfortunately, Nazis. But still, like, the environment itself is just very fun. And it's very unique. And that's why I'm honestly, I think I keep going back to it. Is because it just feels just so, it's just very good. Um what else? So you have your main objectives, which is obviously like, you know, defeat or shoot this guy or find this intel or do this thing, do that thing, whatever. But you also have side missions and you collect side missions by exploring like what I've been talking about and finding little pieces of intel. And maybe you'll learn that there's been thieves within the Nazis and they're stealing random um, antiques and you have to go find the antiques. And the only clue you have is that the thief is a sniper in the courtyard because you read that in some correspondence that you found. And then, you know, it'll give you kind of a search area and you go there and you find it. And, and then you get more experience points at the end of the mission, which you then use to level up Carl. And you can do, you have three different trees and you can do, you know, your basic health stuff. Maybe you get an additional health bar. Maybe your med kit will be more effective. I think is one of them. Your maybe, Oh, there's some other ones. Oh, maybe sprinting will take less because um, you have a heart rate, a heart rate, and as the heart rate goes up, you know it it impacts your ability to snipe and to like hold your breath. And maybe a lot of sprinting you do will really impact that. So maybe it lessens the impact of sprinting, just stuff like that. And it's different enough than your typical like point and shooter, point and shoot shooter that I feel like it's just really fun to play with other people. And I might even play this by myself if it wasn't if I didn't have Jason to play with. And I feel like that says a lot. because That does say a lot, honestly. Yeah. This doesn't, like, I never would have 
picked you to be the one who's like, yes, I'm going to try this game out. Um, it's definitely a franchise that has found a niche audience, almost like a cult-like following. And I'm glad that it has kind of carved out its niche. Obviously, the these kind of like X-ray sniper shots are what the franchise is really known for. But I think it's interesting how they've been able to continue to innovate and make the gameplay more modern feeling because especially Mm -hmm. since they are in more you know again world war ii going Ah. back there um it's easy to kind of fall into traps of saying well we kind of have our niche captured we don't really need to do much to keep improving but you know the team at rebellion keeps you know bringing the goods so um they reached out to me as well and were like hey do you want to check it out and i was like i do but time is a thing um to play games um I just haven't had the just haven't had the mental bandwidth to do it um, to do it lately. Even getting together to play a couple rounds of Fortnite has been almost a, a Herculean effort. I think is yeah. a, a way to put it. But I this is a game that I think I would really love to play with you if you know you and I ever played games together. Oh my god! Like if we didn't play games before kids, now it's like how the fuck? I will say every no. time I sign on to Xbox, I always see if you're online. Oh, you should want to play some Elden Ring or something. You know, it's just like yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, there is actually speaking of Elden Ring, something called Invasion Mode, and you can turn this off or on. Uh, I turn it off because I don't need the stress in my life. But I'll read a little bit about it here since sure. I haven't actually played it myself. So it allows the player to drop in someone else's campaign to take on the role of an Axis sniper tasked with hunting the player down and taking them out. So the invader can utilize the game's AI to help them spot the allied player, getting them to stay sharp and heighten their awarenesses. When the invader tags an Axis soldier, it enables eagle eyes, which means if they spot the allied player, the last known location will be shown on the map. And so anyway, you can like, yeah, you can invade someone else's game and, and hunt them down, which some people really like. Not for me. But hey, go on with your bad self. Um, the other thing I want to say, too, is while I think the environments themselves look relatively pretty the characters and the animations like look like something out of a last generation remaster like it, I, I don't want to be too critical about it because like whatever but it's just kind of jarring when you are playing some bigger budget titles and you go back so just like you know keep that in mind but honestly who cares this is this, again again it's not about the characters really and their animations it's more about the gameplay and the environments and just having fun like playing this game and especially with someone else. I've read a lot of the reviews and a lot of folks have said, I wish I would have played this with someone else. It might've been more fun that way. So just take that with a grain of salt. Um, It's just fun to split up and be like, okay, I'm going to go this way. You go that way. Or, you know, I'm going to be the Guinea pig or be the decoy and run around while you snipe from above. So yeah, it's just, it's just a fun little, it's a fun little game and it's not too difficult. We're playing on medium. We could bump it down to baby ass baby mode if we wanted to, but with two of us, it's, it's relatively, it's, it's a fair enough challenge. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I like it's it. really fun. Something a little bit different for you. You know, it's always good to kind of like shake up the formula every once in a while, especially for people like us that have the opportunity to see many different kinds of games. I think it's always mm-hmm. good to kind of stretch your wings. I mean, it's good for anybody out there, I think, sometimes to take a look at what else is around because there's so many wonderful innovations happening all the time in the world of video game development. There's just always new cool things going on. So, yeah. Yeah. You would have known. The wide world of video games, everybody. Well, Brittany, Uh, 
thank you so much for that report on Sniper Elite 5. As she mentioned, it is out now if you want to check it out for yourself. And that's going to do it for us for this week. I do want to mention coming up, everybody, it is the return of the Magic 8-Ball Show. We're very excited to bring the Magic 8-Ball predictions show back. Brittany and I are still noodling on what to call it. So if you have suggestions because we used to call it e3 predicted by a magic eight ball but we can't call it that anymore um so we're gonna think about it but we're excited so if you have questions for us or if there's specific things you want us to ask the eight ball contact at whatsgoodgames.com you can email us you can reach us at patreon.com slash what's good games tweet to us at what's good underscore games or jump into our discord discord.gg slash what's good games we've got all kinds of fun channels there if you guys want to join in our community so thanks everybody for hanging out with us and we'll see you next week bye